Hello, my name is Jennifer Roden, and I have been a public educator for 24 years. Since I became a school psychologist in 2006, my favorite part of the job has been consulting with parents. We've laughed, we've cried, and I'm always happy to catch up over the course of years. I pride myself in conversing with parents using the same kind and sensitive tone that I would use if it were my own mother sitting across from me. I'm glad you're here, and I look forward to supporting you. Thank you for tuning in to Ask Jen Psych. Hello, listeners. Uh, This is Jen coming to you today with Ask Jen Psych, and today is our motherhood edition, one of what I hope will be many motherhood editions, because being a mother is one of the oldest and one of the most difficult professions. And there's really, there's a lot of guidebooks, but everybody's different and everybody's family is different and everybody's situation is different. So today I have two lovely women with me who are also uh, Radius members for Radius Cowork where I record. Um, We have Jenny Murawski-Poff and Amanda Duncan, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves and tell a little bit about their families. And then we'll go into our questions. Awesome. I'm Jen Morofsky, and I have two daughters. They're 16 and 12. And you and I met because um, my oldest was testing higher, and you tested her for gifted. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then, so you have more than one daughter. Oh, yeah. And then my other one's 12. She's in seventh grade. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So, and and you're totally fine to share that, but I, me personally, I'm not allowed to share that. (laughs) You're allowed to share whatever you want about your children. (laughs) And Ms. Duncan. Hi. um, I'm Amanda Duncan. I'm the community leader here at Radius Cowork. So that's how I met Jenny. Um, And I have three children. Uh, My oldest is about to turn 10 in a couple weeks. Oh, wow. Which is a big milestone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my middle child, seven, um, my son, and then uh, our youngest is three. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. got our, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> nice gamut of ages. And they're all, all your kids are super nice and super cute. So they are adorable. They are. Thank God. They are. So um, just because, you know, my podcast is for parents. And I think the biggest thing is, is that it's really hard and I want people to feel like they're not alone. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have the same kind of issues. They might be a little bit different. But one thing that I wanted to talk to you about is things that we didn't grow up with. You know, we didn't grow up with the social media. We didn't grow up with all of the technology. We didn't grow up with all of these I mean, we were never cyber bullied. I was good old fashioned bullied. <laughs> right. um, but the cyber bullying, I mean, I've seen things that happen, little little kids in fifth grade making TikToks about other kids and it's yeah. so mean. Mm-hmm. So things like that, like cyber bullying, um, the social skills lost due to the pandemic. Like, how are you guys navigating that? And you have kids over different ages, so it's kind of neat to have that conversation. Well, I think that's a great, um, other pieces, you know, what we didn't have versus what they have today. Like mm-hmm. I remember back when I was middle school, junior high, and you're for a girl. I mean, I'm boys too, but I have two daughters, so I have to speak to that of trying to figure out your identity. And I don't mean like today's identity, but like, are mm-hmm. you tomboy? Are you girly? Do you wear hoodies? Are you wearing flannels? Are you like mm-hmm. when I was my daughter's age? It was I could wear a hoodie one day and address the next and nobody really cared. Mm -hmm. But now I see that as a bigger thing. 
right? Like if you wear one thing one day, you could be a, get a label, mm-hmm. and then the next time get a different label. And I think a lot of that's from social media. So I noticed from COVID when they were really engrossed in TikTok and watching videos, they were really gravitated towards certain styles. That And I was like, great, whatever influences you for the kind of style you want. But mm-hmm. then when they actually went into the real world or back into school, it was like, oh, people don't really do that in our area. Oh. And that opened up bullying, you know, and pressure. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. Well, plus everybody's seen on Zoom. So and all they can see is just like your shoulders up. So it's kind of like people are making snap decisions. And it's very easy for somebody to be mean and nasty to somebody that they're not sitting right in front of. Right. They can't get that reaction yes. from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can be a lot more brave behind a keyboard yeah, than for you sure. would to somebody's face. Um, I mean, <sighs> For me, my kids are still so young, um, but I'm already kind of starting to see, at least with my older two there in elementary school, um, more of the good old-fashioned bullying. Mm. Um, so that absolutely still exists. So I think our kids are, are dealing with it just from a lot more angles than we ever had to. Um, and then, you know, it's right now we're having that big conversation of, okay, well, you know, when does she get a cell phone? Like. How young is too young? What kind of cell phone do they get? What what access do they get? Um, And, I mean, a lot of those decisions, too, as a parent are just really exhausting because you feel like if you make the wrong choice, you're going to screw your kid up. Um, And I'm sure parents have felt that way for millennia. But, um, (laughs) you know, I think it's natural to want to protect your kids as much as possible. Um, but also understand that you can't control what other children do. And I often feel very frustrated, like, in my head, thinking, who are these kids' parents? What are they do- What are they doing with their kids at home that their child think that it's, it's, it's an appropriate comment to make to somebody? Or, right. Um, but really trying to teach my children about kindness, about mm-hmm. respect, um, and also building up their confidence so they can kind of stand up for themselves and, and be proud of who they are and own that. Yeah. No, those are good. So the same on that, you kind of said control and not control, right, of you as parent and what they're viewing and seeing on the phone, but also in the decisions they make and the reactions they have. Mm-hmm. You know, we we talk a lot about control and not control. What can you do versus what can't you do? Mm-hmm. And so as they get older, because I had that fear when mine were little, and I still kind of do, but now it's how do you manage it from mm-hmm. them? You know, how do we teach them? Mm-hmm. And one of the other things I um, – do as parent when I'm making decisions or guiding and for them is, is this temporary? Is this a short-term thing or is this a long-term thing? <clears throat> so like if they want to dye their hair or cut their hair really short, mm-hmm. that was traumatic. I had all kinds of trauma around when my kid <laughs> wanted to cut her hair super, super short. And I'm like, are you sure Oh boy, that's what you want to do? But uh-huh. really that was a short-term problem. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't impact her entire life. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it gives me flexibility as decision making of, OK, if you want to dye your hair, fine, we'll dye it back, you know, mm-hmm. next week. Right. Or, right. As long as it's um, healthy expression testing. I like that term. Yeah, that mm-hmm. I do, too. We might coin we might uh, <laughs> patent that, Jenny. <laughs> but that that helped me with a lot of that fear, you know, of. Okay, you might see this thing like just yesterday that my youngest was like, I think I want to be a vegetarian. 
And I'm like, girl, I can't even get you to eat vegetables today. <laughs> I don't know how this <laughs> oh is going to work. So we went That's through that funny. same exact journey this summer. Um, my daughter decided she wanted to be a vegetarian because she has a lot of compassion and empathy for animals. And... I said, okay, you're also one of the pickiest eaters I know. So, you know, we need to make sure you're still getting your nutrition. Right. It's honestly been such an incredibly positive thing for our entire family. No kidding. Yeah. We've kind of all accepted this new lifestyle. We've been more adventurous and trying new things. And, um, cool. you know, honestly, it, it's... I'm really proud of her because she's stuck with it this entire time, too. So... Oh, wow. I think that's the other thing, too, is... Um, I think a lot of people tend to kind of brush kids off at a certain age because they don't think that like, you know, you're a kid, you don't know what you're talking about and kind of, um, you know, take away their power and saying mm-hmm. that you're just a kid, you don't understand yourself. Um, but I think they really do. And I, it's, for me, it's really important to listen to my kids. And like you said, like, if this is a healthy choice, then like, yeah, we can explore this. Yeah. Um, and just be really supportive. Yeah. Well, and it's I like how you were saying, like, it's really important not to deny someone's reality, no matter what their age is, because everybody has feelings. You know, we've talked before about toddlers and like they they're just figuring out their feelings, like just oh, yeah. labeling it, knowing what it's called and things like that. So to even deny your daughter's choice or whatever does she eat more vegetables now she sure does no we, kidding yeah, absolutely that's and good because i said mine is going to become a cheesitarian oh and that's no, no. no good <laughs> vegetables bean alternatives tons of beans and, okay that's you know great. she's learned that's to cool. love indian food it's which is great for me. Yeah, so. no doubt. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, but just uh, allowing them to explore and then they feel validated. Yeah. They feel like they can express their feelings as older people because, you know, when we all grew up in the 80s, it was like, nope, do as I say. This is what's for dinner. That's all that's happening. And, you know, in retrospect, like we learn to just push our feelings to the back as, you know, our generation. So yeah. it's it's good that there's this allowance of self-exploration. And, you know, I think that that's a great parenting tip of mm-hmm. building up your child's self-worth because right now their only worth meter is how many likes and followers they're getting. Oof, ouch. Yeah. Isn't that a deep one? I mean, it like is. when I when my kids post stuff, they're like, I wonder how many followers this is going to get and how many likes. And, oh. a, and I'm like, girl, there's so much more to life than there how many really likes you get. Yeah. yeah. I literally had zero followers until I was, what, 40 something. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you now. Look at me now. <laughs> but I mean, I went through my whole elementary school and middle school without followers. So I lived. Well, we, we would count how many paper notes we got. Yes. <laughs> how many people signed your yearbook? Right. Yes. And how many times you're in the yearbook? I went to the glossary oh, yes. every time. Oh my gosh! And then like how many? How much they wrote? Like right. if you got like a good signature, or if somebody just wrote like "see you later," stay cool. Stay cool. <laughs> That's so funny. And I like how you're talking about like the short hair, or just letting people experiment with their, um, with their appearance because hair does grow back. Now my mom was adamant against me getting bangs back when I was in seventh grade. I should show you the picture. She was right. Oh, oh boy. And it took a long time to grow back. So, But I think that's another parenting tip, right? Like, we can only protect the kids so long. It's... So, so little things like if we go to, like, the sheets, right, and they can get the multi-ICs flavors, mm-hmm. and you're like, girl, that's going to be nasty. You put all those flavors in uh-huh. one thing. 
I would normally stop them, but now I let them experience that, uh-huh. knowing that it'll be a fail. Because now they're like, oh, I was empowered to do it, but that was stupid. <laughs> I sure yeah. wish I hadn't done that. So I was just telling, oh, I was telling my coach this morning, I'm like, my girls wrote me little post-its. My oldest one put, I'll never doubt you again. <laughs> and I put it on my office desk. <laughs> That's amazing. And my other one put, you write. Yeah. <laughs> and so whenever something happens, I'm like, remember that post-it? <laughs> just pull that out. <laughs> oh, man. So like slushies, mixes, haircuts, like when she grew it out and I'm like, hey, remember that picture the other day? And she's like, we're not talking about that. <laughs> I like, think, though, too, that kind of sentiment of letting them fail has been one of the hardest parts of parenthood for me. It's got to be, Is yeah. just, you know, watching them go through disappointment um, or rejection and understanding that, A, like you said, you can't protect them from everything, but B, it's also really important for their development and growth for them to experience those things because those experiences shape us as adults. That's true. Um, And again, just being there for them to support them through those experiences. But, um, you know, one thing I've kind of struggled with was like, how hard do I push them? Um, You know, I have a very classic oldest daughter um, to a T and she's a perfectionist. And when she doesn't do something perfectly, her first inclination is to quit. Um, So trying to push her through those moments of failure and Mm -hmm. saying, you know, you're not going to hit that back handspring the very first time that you try it oh, God. or even no. the 50th. You might have to do it 100 times or more before you get it. Uh-huh. And it's really frustrating and it's going to take a long time. And you might see the you know, your teammate next to you get it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you really want to quit? Because last week you told me you want to be Simone Biles. So <laughs> if we want to become Simone Biles, like I need you to push through these feelings. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's tough to watch them struggle. I used struggle. to say push, and that felt really bad. And mm-hmm. now I say strongly encourage. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Because I noticed my oldest is very uh, go-getter, you know, wants to do it all, perfectionist at the same time. And my other one is the complete opposite. Yep. And my first gut was, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. Why isn't she aggressive and motivated like my other one? And mm-hmm. that's where I just learned, like, okay, you need a different kind of motivation or strong encouragement, or you need a different mm-hmm. approach than a whole different the other parent. One. Yeah, really. a whole, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like your parenting times too. Well, yep. and I've seen mm-hmm. it for years. There's so many parents that come to me and they're like, I don't understand why this child doesn't do what this child does. And I said, I totally do because I've never met a family where every single kid did the same thing the same way. Yep. Every single person, it's it's crazy how kids can be raised by the same parents and be in the same family and grow up with all the same exposure, all the same things and they're completely different people. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, my brothers and I have a lot of similarities, but we each chose different career paths. We each chose different, you know, partner styles. We different, you know, different, all different things, you know, so. Yeah, I think that's been <clears throat> even heightened with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, my uh, oldest two are kind of classic first and second born. The first one's the mm-hmm. leader and the perfectionist. And, you know, my second is real easygoing, mm-hmm. you know, everybody likes him, class clown type. Um, but with COVID, especially um, with my daughter, you know, she had 
always straight A's. We didn't have to do anything with her. We still don't. Like, Mm -hmm. she does her homework on her own. She comes home most days with none because she gets it done so fast in school. Um, She's never really had to, like, try hard in in school. And for my son, it's been a little bit different. And part of that is who he is. Part of that is that he went to kindergarten in a hybrid schedule during a global pandemic. Right. Um, And that's really impacted him. Um, And I've had to really readjust my expectations and understand that he is a different person. Mm -hmm. His achievement looks different than hers. Um, And you can't just kind of hold them to like the same, the same standard. It's not really about equality. It's about equity. So like he has different needs than she does. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can get really exhausting to just try to navigate. Okay, like I'm and also explain to them. So I have this expression expectation for you Mm -hmm. because I know what you're capable of. And it's going to look different than your brother's. That doesn't mean that he has it easier. This is just as hard for him as it is for you. Right. But it just looks different. Mm -hmm. No, I like how you said that it's not about equality. It's about equity. Did you, am I quoting yeah. you correctly? Yep. Yeah. That's such a great thing for every any Anything. human being yeah. to think of, you know, like, why does that person get, you know, food stamps, for instance, you know, mm-hmm. like, well, because they need them. If you don't need them, then you don't have to have them. Right. You know, and it's it's like anything else supports at school. Why does that kid have that? And I don't. Well, because you don't need it. Yeah. You know, it's it's everybody. Fairness is everybody getting what they need. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. So any other thoughts about um, the whole cyberbullying thing or, you know, anything that came up for you guys during the pandemic or even are you experiencing any overbooking at this point with uh, activities? I'm interested to talk to you about this because I feel like your girls, especially your oldest, are like really involved in a lot of things. And I know you are in that stage of life where you're kind of like running to something every evening. Oh, they call me Mama Uber. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Do they tip you? No, <laughs> that's I don't even get fries. That's Ugh. not cool. <laughs> um, overbooking is a hard one, and but I guess in my situation with my girls, for instance, my oldest did um, an EMT class over the summer and fall. Oh, that's cool. And that interrupted into basketball practice, mm. and so there was a lot of guilt both from her and me and. Um, saying to the coach like hey we're gonna miss probably up until the first couple games and feeling bad but the result is no we get it this is really awesome <laughs> you know like it is awesome she's straight a kid she volunteers a lot like this is a cool thing it's not like you're just going to the movies right right, right? you're not blowing it off you're doing you have another <laughs> obligation so i think my girls are overbooked well maybe not overbooked but they're very active mm-hmm. but they're active in things they're passionate about mm-hmm. and um with people that um I don't know, I guess really respect them. You know, like um, my youngest is really trying to tap into the middle school athletics and being like the manager of sports and taking Neat. photos and all of that kind of thing. And I'm like, hey, that's really great for your mom's marketing company to take <laughs> photos <laughs> for these things. But then it's also if you're not going to participate on a team, at least you're still in this athletic world, which mm-hmm. I value a lot. I think being athletics is a huge character builder. For sure. Um. So, yeah, so my oldest is involved in a lot, but um, even when they were little, when they were your kid's age, she did a lot of um, theater, Mm. and you miss a lot of school with theater. Like, Mm. I think we would miss, like, two weeks. Sheesh. 
because of matinees and dress rehearsals and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And the parents kind of made me feel bad about it. Like, I can't, I would never do that. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, listen, she loves it. And mind your business. Mind your business. (laughs) But she loves it and she has straight A's. So I don't really have a reason to say no. Right, right. So all this booking, like they're very, they're very active. Are they stressed out about it? Sometimes. I mean, like uh, my youngest was saying this week, she's like, I have a test every day. And even today, um, this morning going to school, like she'll get home. I'll pick her up. Here's our routine. Here's Mama Uber, right? (laughs) I pick her up at 310. We get to the high school by 340. I'll run them home to change and have a quick snack. We have to be back at the high school by 445 for the basketball game tonight of which then I'm booster and we're in concessions. Mm-hmm. And then we probably won't get home till 8, 30, 9 o'clock. And so my youngest was like, when can I study? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, you could study during the game. And she's like, no, I can't. I can't bring my bag into this. To the oh. And I'm like, Ugh. okay, well. It, can she fit it in that clear envelope size bag? Maybe. Well, and that's what's now? great about back to technology, uh-huh. you know, from I think that's one of the blessings of COVID is our teachers who were antiquated, mm-hmm. not all of them, but the mm-hmm. ones that oh, were. I am one of those people. They yes. caught up to 2015. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, now they use the all, all these awesome apps where, like, before we, you would write note cards for your vocabulary, it's an app. Mm-hmm. Right. So as long as I used to order, I'm like, as long as your phone is ready. Yeah, charge that baby Charge up. it up, and then you could study on your phone, you know, during the game. So okay. we just find ways, to your point about overbooking, finding ways to adapt and making sure that um, there's a good balance between getting your stuff done but having a break. You mm-hmm. know, that was one of my notes I wrote here. Um, I've heard my girls say, my social battery is tapped out. I need a break. Oh, oh very. That's really great that they can recognize that, though. Well, and sure. I think that goes and- back to the mom guilt, right, of – those are things I've expressed. Maybe not in that phrase of, mm-hmm. I need a salt bath. Yeah. I'll get back to you Ooh, in like an hour. Yeah. And so as long as I'm communicating that I'm not the strong mega super mom that they think I am, mm-hmm. that mom has to recharge her batteries too, mm-hmm. they see that as, oh, I, I can do that too. Well, and that's such a great example. Like you don't have to run yourself into the ground, you know, and it, it if they're doing all these activities, the fact that they're able to balance their studies and then they're able to say, my social battery is is tapped out, I need a break. Like, I didn't have that skill as a kid. Geez, I didn't have that skill until maybe five years ago. Right. You know, so well, and that's what wonderful. we told Bree a lot with that EMT class because she's mm-hmm. taking two AP classes in high school plus this wow. college course. And she was worried about it. And I said, listen, your job is to get your work done. Mm-hmm. My job is to make sure you make fun time. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, you have to, how like your son and daughter, they're too different, right? It's all about balancing. It's all Mm -hmm. about figuring out where they're strong and where they need support. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, well, first of all, my kids are young, so we're still in that kind of stage where they're exploring Mm -hmm. what they're interested in. And we've tried some stuff and they've not liked it and we've tried other things and it's stuck. I actually feel like, I'm comparing myself to other parents were underbooked Mm -hmm. and I I think that's another thing where social media comes into play for parents is in the same ways that our kids are comparing themselves to others I compare myself to other parents all the time and feel like you know oh well 
you know, my daughter's just in gymnastics and violin, but like this kid's doing piano and three different sports and is in theater and, you know, doing all these things. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, you, that's that kind of compulsion to keep up with the Joneses and everything's so in front of you all Mm -hmm. the time. Um, and like really trying, you know, comparison is, you know, the, what do they say? Like the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Well, and it just kills the joy in your life. Really. Um, That's what I would say to you, like as someone who overbooks, right. I get jealous of those who don't have stuff. But at the same time, I think you have to reflect on your parenting style. Yep. Right? Because I notice when we don't have stuff going on, there's nothing going on. And then they're on their phones or right. like, doing the things that I'm like, ugh. But yeah. I'm not wired to be like, let's get the board game out or let's yeah. do this thing. And like, that's, I'm that's, just not... that's our family. Like, And mm-hmm. I, that's a thing. Yeah, I, I see these other families doing something different, taking a different route. Mm-hmm. But I really love the fact that most nights we are home together. We are able to jo- enjoy dinner at the table. Uh, we sit down and, you know, my son's been teaching me how to play Pokemon, which is actually super fun. Aw, um, <laughs> that's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, those are the memories for me as a child that I think back that I really value is like that mm-hmm. time around the table with my parents and yes. that quality time mm-hmm. that I just craved from them. So, you know, it's always kind of taking that step away to say, focus on yourself. It doesn't matter what's right. going on over there. Right. Like, that's the lesson I'm trying to teach my kids. And I need to remind myself to stay accountable to that as well. That's really, really good, good information. Well, and plus just the thought of like, comparing yourself to other parents like I can totally see how it would happen but everybody puts their best foot forward on social yeah. media so all oh, yeah for it's all their highlights yeah so for all we know those people have their credit cards maxed out to a million and they're super unhappy and they're super short with each other all night long whereas you're having a nice board game yeah. with your family so you know I mean it's all about balance but absolutely but yeah now you had mentioned Jenny about um you know some other parents were telling you like I can't believe you did that with um with double booking the EMT and the in the sports like how do you, how did does that happen often and how do you guys deal with that yeah we've got it when she was little and doing the playhouse stuff we got it with the EMT stuff we got it when she did travel basketball and um, it's like I'd rather be living and having my house dirty Right. Because when you're gone. Right. You're Nobody not keeping it. up with stuff. But I, I had one mom kind of just show up. Like, they were riding their bikes, her and her daughter, and they just showed up one day. It was a few years ago. And my front yard was a hot mess. And I was just mortified that mm-hmm. they just showed up. And I was so embarrassed. And she said something to me that I hold on to, maybe probably a little too tight. But mm. she's like, Jen, it's OK, because I know that you're living. If everything was perfect then I would doubt what kind of memories and quality time are you having with them. And so when those weeds come up, I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm having fun. (laughs) Yeah, I think that is such a great thing to share. Thank you. Because Mm -hmm. that's like, why? Why do you have to have a perfect lawn? Uh, That's a whole topic for a whole different day. (laughs) Well, and that goes with chores. Sorry to cut you off. But like chores is a big one. And I'm not a big stickler on chores. And I think that's another thing my mom said to me a long time ago was, Kids have their whole life to do chores. Yeah. Yes, it teaches responsibility and Mm -hmm. they can earn some money. And so we do like a ticketing thing or, you know, like do these things and you'll get this thing. Sure. But I don't, I don't, I'm not a chore junkie because 
they have the rest of their life to keep their stuff together. That is wonderful. Yeah. Like, it's good to just know how to do things. But at the end of the day, like, do you really have to be in there, like, in the coal mine or scrubbing toilets your whole childhood? Right, right. (laughs) We had, I mean, man, I do think about that sometimes because we had tons of chores from a very early age in our house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. my parents told us that we had a broken dishwasher, and I found out years later that that was a lie. <laughs> um, they just had four kids. Um, but, I mean, I, I do value the fact that they they had me do that because I know how to take care of myself. I know how to cook. I know how to clean. Sure. Um, and I went to college and realized that, like, that was not everybody's experience, and some of my friends had no idea how to, like, clean a bathroom. Yeah. Um, Hope which, they weren't your roommates. Um <laughs> Sometimes. I lived in a, a big sorority suite uh, for two years, and that was a really interesting uh, social experiment to I just bet. see the differentiation between people. Um, but, you know, I'm definitely not as strict with my kids either. Um, and, you know, as as they're getting older, I kind of add on additional things that they can mm-hmm. do to help out. I do, you know expect them to keep their room clean and but the consequences if it's not that's not like a joyful place for you to be so the other day like all of my kids were piled in my bedroom and I said why do you guys always want to spend time in here and they're like because it's really nice and I said do you know why it's nice it's because I keep my room clean it's because I make my bed every morning and it feels peaceful to you in here Mm -hmm. so you could have that peace too in your own space and this weekend, we helped them get their rooms cleaned. And, you know, now they're like, oh, yeah, I forgot this toy that I had. So I think, you know, it's not just like, again, you know, you have to do this because I tell you you have to do this. Mm-hmm. But the reason why we keep things clean is because of this reason, because you want a peaceful environment to live in. Nice. But look at the big things you're teaching your kid, because I see that with mine. And you're teaching them to recognize emotions, mm-hmm. good and bad. Mm-hmm. And how to affix it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I noticed even my teenagers of, why aren't you in your room? Like, you have all the things. Why aren't you in your room? And I could see her, like, antsy and stuff. And she's like, my room's a disaster. I don't even want to be in there. Well, <laughs> I can think of a solution. Yeah. Right? And so, but now they recognize, like, those yep. feelings and know what consequences and actions. There's good and bad, right? Mm-hmm. So, you feel like crap? Clean your room. Yeah. There you go. It's not clean your room because mom said to. Exactly. Right. It, it's, a, it's a natural consequence. And mm-hmm. I just love hearing, you know, from you guys and other families that I know, like just how emotionally informed parents are these days. Because, yeah. and bless the boomers and the greatest <laughs> generation, but honestly, I mean, think of, you know, all these parents that came out of war situations yeah. and they were just basically... You know, they didn't have the mental health support. They didn't have any support. So now we're kind of coming into an age where people are actually thoughtful about, like, the development of their child and how it's actually going to affect them throughout life and creating independent individuals. So I'm really happy, like, proud of our generation for doing the hard work to kind of undo generational trauma because, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't fault my parents for some of the things that they did. My mom will tell us all the time how, like, her father would tell them that they were not allowed to speak at the dinner table and that children were meant to be seen and not heard. Oof. And not even in, you know, we, we say those things as like a joke now, um, but th- that's really how they felt. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, that was her upbringing. So the fact that she was just more involved and, you know, we had this joyful, loud, fun mm-hmm. house, like that was her breaking her trauma. And, yes, yes. you know, now like being able to sit down and, you know, 
one thing I try to really focus on is just having more open communication about like hard topics and uncomfortable topics mm-hmm. with my kids because that was something I struggled with with my parents. But it is work to have to re- a recognize um, some of these like bad habits that you picked up mm-hmm. um, and then and break it. And that can look like therapy and it yeah. can look like, you know, holding yourself accountable and rising and admitting to, a, you know, a 10 year old when you're wrong. Yeah. Um, those things are hard. But, yeah. um, you know, I think, yeah, I think people are really trying to do parenting different now and, mm-hmm. you know, take this gentle parenting approach, right. um, which is challenging. And some people don't believe in it. But um I think what we're seeing and we're seeing this this new generation Gen Z come up mm-hmm. is they are just so much more informed about so much in the right. world. Um, and I feel like so much more mature in many ways mm-hmm. um, about how they see themselves and they see others and how they respect themselves and others. Mm-hmm. Gives uh, me a lot of hope for humanity. And absolutely. Honestly. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. Well, so since we are very emotionally informed and doing a nice job raising our children, mm-hmm. how do you take care of uh-huh. yourself? Good old-fashioned mom. Wine. <laughs> Love <laughs> wine. Kidding. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, ha- any self-care tips or just just avoiding the guilt? Yeah. I have severe mom guilt a lot. Um, but I'm going through a whole new, I call it Gen 2.0 life mm-hmm. and what I recognize is I would explain to people who I was by saying I'm mom and business owner. There was never wife in that title and there was never mm. just woman in that title. Mm-hmm. And so in 2.0, who is Jen now? And Jen is a fine art major who hasn't touched stuff in a long, long time because she was mom and business owner. So what I do now is I commit time to my arts and, Good for you. Um, and the girls see it. They respond to it. They react to it. And so there will be times where um, if I have them because we're divorced. And oh, okay. <clears throat> so when I have them, I try not to go to the studio when I have them because mm-hmm. I would feel guilty. of Well, this is my time. And they straight up say to me, Mom, go. Oh, good. <laughs> go. We want you to go. You're amazing. We want you to do these things. And mm-hmm. so they're helping me fill my cup. Yeah, so. I I was very shocked at how guilty I feel all the time for like every minute that you don't spend with them. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh god, I'm a terrible person. Um, no. and it's it's obviously, but it's so strange. And um, you know, a lot of times people will be going out here and say like, why just come out for a drink? I'm like, no, I gotta get home. Well, you know, who has the kids right now? Well, we and they're with my parents or they're with my husband. You can't you can't come for another. And I'm like, no, I have to I have to be home this minute. Yes. I yes. have taken, you know, the last eight hours of my life to work. Um, I have to get home to them. Um, and yeah, that's that's something that has well, been Well, and when they're little, it's hard. Frankly. Right. Like yeah. You you the mom is the 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 main ship. Holder, yeah. The right? ship holder. But frankly, too, like I, I feel a visceral miss it like your arm is missing when mm. I am away from my kids like and because they are still at that age like my youngest is only three mm-hmm. he's still very much so attached fun. to me mm-hmm. um so I I am very excited and antsy to get back home to them so I can just you know yeah hug him and I, I am them. too and and I what I need because I don't have any extended family or support mm-hmm. outside of me and so what I need is validation Mm-hmm. A verbal validation. And so tonight there's an event after the radius, yeah. right? And oh. I have the girls and 
they were like, Mom, we want you to go. We're okay being home alone. We're old enough. We can uh-huh. make our own dinner. You need to go and have fun. Like, I fun. need to hear them say that yeah. in order for me to be okay to enjoy that time yeah. or else I'd be like, oh, let me check in with you. Yeah, right. But that's such a great thing too that they recognize that because if they decide to become mothers, then they will already have this great example. It's not like this, you know, I, I was talking on an earlier episode about this like frenzied energy that like the older women in our family always had, like they had to do everything. And if you tried mm-hmm. to help, you were doing it wrong. So they had to, like, there was always like this, like this energy that was so negative yeah. but then they didn't know what they didn't know any better they were just doing the best that they could but mm-hmm. now your daughters have this example of i need this time i'm a person too and they recognize that i think for their even though you might feel guilty in the long run you're doing them a much better justice than you would have if you would have just stayed there and just you know cranked your right. feelings down yeah. to the bottom are you familiar with the television show bluey no, oh I my god okay <laughs> i cannot express how much i love this show like we watch it because i want to watch it not just because my kids do it's this australian show okay um and it's about a family of blue healer dogs oh. um but it it's so well written and there is a episode where the mom chili um you can tell she's getting very overwhelmed like both of her daughters are just like yelling at her and her husband's like off just being a goof and they're, everybody's talking to her at the same time, and she just goes, Bleh! I need 20 minutes. And her husband looks at her and goes, okay, let's go, girls, and takes them outside, and she goes up to her room. And the girls the whole time are like, what's wrong with mommy? You know, is she okay? Does she hate us? Does she love us anymore? And, you know, they keep saying, it's fine. They Sometimes moms need 20 minutes. Yep. And they keep mm-hmm. trying to get back up to her bedroom, and the dad keeps pulling them back away. Um, and then like at one point the neighbor comes over and sees Chili out the window and she goes, how are you doing, love? And she goes, I'm okay. I just needed 20 minutes. She goes, go take the time you need. I've got the girls. And just to see a, that validation that like all parents are feeling this way. Like we all just need 20 minutes sometimes. And it's okay to, to say that out loud. Mm -hmm. It's also okay to accept help from others, which is something I think a lot of people really struggle with. Mm -hmm. Um, and not feel guilty about asking people to help. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I, in my head, I keep like this weird balance sheet of, well, I already asked my parents like twice this week to pick up the kids. So I can't ask them again to like help do this. I do that too. Never things. They will always try to accommodate. If they can, they are overjoyed to be able to spend time with their grandkids. Yeah. You know, or if I were to call one of my sisters or even the neighbor and say, hey, can the kids come over for like a half hour? I just need to, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. run an errand, do whatever. People rarely say no. Um, So I think like that's one thing is just um, especially if you are kind of a high achieving individual, Mm -hmm. which I think you are. I think I am. Being able to like accept help and, and admit to yourself that you cannot do it all, um, and it's, you do need that village to, to help you along the way. Mm-hmm. It's very powerful. Yeah. So the moral of that story is everybody should go on Disney Plus and watch Bluey. Bluey, <laughs> I love it. I have change a feeling, your life. I have a feeling it won't fly in my house, but uh, <laughs> oh, but when the nephews are around, for it sure. might. I think you and John would love it. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, John does love a cartoon now and then. <laughs> okay. Any other self care tips for our listeners? I think, you know, like you talked about getting back into art, identifying something that you do like just for you um, that is not 
in in any way to like better yourself and it may it might be like i think you being able to work on your fine art is obviously mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. developing those skills but um find a hobby that's just just for you um yeah, even if it's a cricket <laughs> yeah. or puzzles or just yeah. something yeah. That just you something can turn that it off. has no uh like outcome to it mm-hmm. um you know like i feel like i'm always trying to optimize my time and mm-hmm. I, I pick certain activities because they'll boost my resume or something and i'm really trying oh, yeah. to break that Give habit permission mm-hmm. mine was downtown abbey for a while oh God. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a very nice it's a very positive thing you know it's mm-hmm. just finding what you like and i honestly for i would say this from the mountaintops i wish there was a competition over who could be the most relaxed and just, yeah. you know, I, I think our society is so wired to be like, oh, I'm so busy. And it's like a, mm-hmm. a badge of honor still, even though our generation is doing a better job with like emotionally awareness, raising parent or raising Yeah, children. but our generation also like invented the hustle culture. Like, yes. you can't just have a job. You need a job and you need a freelance gig and you have to like do a podcast and, yeah. you know, do all the things. Um, and, and yeah, be busy all the time. And I, I think that's just a coping mechanism to not have to deal with life, frankly. Yeah. So, you know, that's true. Letting yourself like relax and just do things for leisure and recreation mm-hmm. is it's OK. And you don't have to be great at it. I If you've ever heard me play the ukulele after a few glasses <laughs> of wine, you will know that I am I'm trying to win that award over who's the most relaxed. I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. So, ladies, then. Last question I thought I would ask you, and this is kind of fun because we didn't really prep too much beforehand. Um, what would you mothers ask the school psychologist at your school off record if you had the chance? So I love this question because I don't know. And I think for me, I don't know is because there are so many titles in our school district mm-hmm. That I don't know who to bring what question to. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question back to you would be, can you help us understand the difference between, and I'll just throw out some of them, of mm-hmm. school counselor versus school psychologist mm-hmm. versus there's a program called SAP that's for bullying. And mm-hmm. like there's all these different titles of people that I don't know who to go to for what. Yes. Well, that is a very common and yeah, that's a very common question um, because for millennia, people have been switching up school counselor and school psychologist. Sounds very similar, right? Um, when I was doing my grad work, I realized that myself and the school counselor only took about two classes in a 70 credit program that were the same. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. And even though the title is so similar and school counselor is the new title for guidance counselor. Now, that's Pennsylvania, if you happen to be listening from another state. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but the So the school psychologist is primarily there, at least in our district and in a lot of districts in this area, we're primarily there to test for special education, for gifted, um, do 504 plans, which are like, it's not an IEP, it's just a little bit different where maybe you need um, to get diabetes medicine from the nurse or you need... Uh, a ramp build in the school for your wheelchair or something like that. Um, The school counselor does a lot of scheduling, especially in the high school. Um, They're they're in the building every day. So I go all over the place and I have an admin building 
um, office, but the school counselors there, they do uh, PSSA, they get everything ready for the PSSA, and they're there on a daily basis for check-ins. Um, our school counselor at my school is gives the most benevolent you should not kill yourself speech that I have ever heard um, he is just wonderful so those day-to-day like somebody's crying or there's an issue or god forbid something terrible happens in the community they're like kind of the front line of um, mental health needs but this year we have had the good fortune of adding United Way community schools to our to our district and it's wonderful our community school director is wonderful and she does a lot with um families and parents she has a a caring closet at her in the school so if you're a little kid who's coming to school with no coat or you know something happened or you know it's funny how fast kids grow by march everybody's Mm -hmm. got flood pants on Mm -hmm. so um so she's got she's got deodorant she's got shampoo she's got a washing machine if you come to school dirty she can send you home with clean clothes i mean she and that's even that's not even touching well, that's all the school buildings I yes know at my middle school mm-hmm. um my youngest has helped fill the food pantry yes and, yes but that's also not resource based it's also um that's what uh filled up uh, her after school schedule because they have all these after school clubs from mm-hmm. like there was a 90s music club there was what? a dance club I there was a craft club a cooking schools. club like i overbooked her almost every every yeah. f- fragment of time like yeah. sessions of time yeah but and it, i mean that's community schools are awesome yeah it is awesome and i feel like we only touched the tip of the iceberg about what this community schools and the community school director can do um but then with that we got a mental health specialist and a behavior specialist and the, th- the point I probably should have made at the beginning of my little montage here is that we all have very similar and overlapping skills, but we all have our own niche. So like for me, the assessments, I mean, I give assessments that nobody else is allowed to give because I have a certain level of credential. Mm-hmm. And then the school counselor is allowed to do those check-in um, little day-to-day counseling things. Now they aren't, what they are not are therapists. They don't, they don't get to see, you know, you, there's not a couch in their office that you go and lay on and tell them all your feelings like at 10 o'clock every Monday. Um, but our mental health and our behavioral specialists, the mental health specialist is credentialed and is able to see kids for counseling. And our the people at my school are wonderful. Um, so the mental health specialist does, um, she does a lot, but she, she runs the SAP. She's one of the chairmen of the SAP chair people of the SAP program Mm -hmm. and SAP is student assistance program and even that isn't just bullying it's like if somebody you know homelessness um, learning difficulties emotional difficulties behavioral stuff and so the SAP program that's kind of like where everything gets funneled and then we get to divvy it up based on our little our niche Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And then the behavior specialist, our behavior specialist probably gets like 40,000 steps a day. She's fantastic. (laughs) And she, um, she works on behavior plans, like specific behavior plans for kids in special ed and for kids who are not in special ed, because a lot of kids need behavior support, you know, and sometimes just checking in with her is all somebody needs. So did I answer that? Yeah. I mean, just to know the diversity of services Mm -hmm. is really good you know but i think maybe parents might still be afraid of 
asking for help. Yeah, and I would say don't be. Yeah. I mean, we're all very nice people. And if you're if you're not sure who to ask for a specific question, we're not going to say, oh, well, that's a question for the mental health person. You have to ask them. We'll just forward your email. Right. I might mm-hmm. just say, hey, I think that's a question for the behavior specialist, or I think that's a question for the school counselor. This is who they are. This is their email. I copy them to this email. If there's anything else you need from me, yeah, don't yeah. hesitate. So, yeah. Which I have to say, all of it is fantastic because, especially on the mental health part of it, because especially coming back from COVID, I saw my kids go through a wave of stuff mm-hmm. and trying to get them into a therapist. Yes. Is not only a nightmare oh, yeah. long wait list. For sure. But then even when we got through the wait list, they wanted to only see them during like that nine to three time. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I have to call off work. Now I have to take them out of school. Oh, wow. Then they're going to uh-huh. miss maybe two hours because the session's an hour. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was so complicated. For sure. To and they get them support. Yeah. Well, and we do, you know, they we do have mental health, like I said, the specialists at the school, and they can see them at school, which is really wonderful and convenient for your purposes. Well, that's what we ended up doing in the interim. That, right. But if, great. if they're unpacking some heavy trauma sure, or, different. like, abuse or something like that, they're not going to want to talk about how – you know this ex- and then go to math class yeah and then go to math like <laughs> you know be bawling right. and go go to class so that's something to be th- it's it's really hard it yeah. really is but but at least it's there and at least there's something you know something to be said about checking in mm-hmm. and hopefully they would put the person who needs the most support like towards the end of the day so they could kind of just like get picked up and get loved on and not have to go back to class crying. Sure. Right. Yeah. And again, I mean, it's amazing that our kids have access to all these services now because I think back to my guidance counselor, I think the only time I ever saw them was when I was applying to college. Yes. You know, and Mm -hmm. other than that, I had no idea what that person did. Um, so, and just, I know within our built, our school is incredible, but, um, you know, my kids are like close to all of those additional support people and really cling on to them mm-hmm. and feel loved and supported and safe in that environment. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's great to see yeah. how far that's come. It really is. I mean, we've been saying for years and years that there's so many mental health needs. There's so many things that happen in our community. There's so many things that families struggle with. And of course, you're not going to advertise it. But I mean, right. the kids the kids need tools to deal with all of that. Absolutely. And, yeah. and it affects their their work their academic work absolutely that's why i love the community schools model because it is that holistic approach and it's Mm -hmm. it's a recognizing that a child can't learn if they're not fed if they're not well rested Mm -hmm. if they don't have a comfortable shoes on right you know just basic needs exactly um so you know the fact that you know the united way has come up with a, a solution to that um and partnered with businesses and everybody in the community is just yeah. I'm a little bit jealous quite frankly because we don't have that in Mill Creek oh, but well you can move to the city we would love to have you <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my question for you would be so like you cover the who um, do you go to um, the thing I think about is like when do when is it time to go to the school mm-hmm. um, and you know sometimes I'll hear something that happened or hear them struggling with something and I'm thinking is this just a normal thing that kids go through or is this a concern mm-hmm. that I should have and do I need to talk to somebody about it? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, you know me, so you can just call me whenever. Um, but honestly, I don't mind when parents call. I'd rather they call before there's a big problem than once it gets to a head where we're like, 
oh my gosh, they need emotional support and they need a new school and they need like to go to a placement or something like that. Like, and that's not probably the example that you're yeah. speaking of. But I mean, I love talking on the phone to parents. <laughs> I mean, that's pro- that's why I have this podcast. That's part of my thing is that I, if somebody called me, even if it w- if I didn't wind up having to do a full evaluation for the kid, it's not a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really nice thing. And I'm super happy to help somebody get hooked up with the services that they might need. And I mean, that's that's kind of the best part of my job is talking to parents and just assuring them that, yes, you're doing you're doing a good job. You're doing the best you can. I see you. I hear you. And if there's something you need, you know, we can help hook you up with that because there's you should see the list of services that there is just here in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I can imagine, you know, if you're especially if you're in a rural area and you don't have the community schools or you don't have all of those services like you wouldn't have no idea what to do right so i mean we we're most of us are friendly i know there's some people who don't have the best bedside manner but you know and, and even if at your school you know listeners if you don't go to school in erie and you're not exactly sure who to call just calling the school office the secretary will know who to tell you to talk to and if they point you to the wrong person hopefully they kindly just you know, answer your question and send you to the Well, that just means to be a parent advocate. You right. know, be your own best advocate and don't mm-hmm. settle for a no answer or an I don't know. Right. I mean, just like in, with your own health care, not every doctor is going to have the answer. They're not going to know everything mm-hmm. and you have to be aware of yourself. So for I would say that as a parent, don't accept no, but also, mm-hmm. you know, do your due diligence. Yeah. Yes, that's a good, good point. So any other questions thoughts concerns that you want to chat about no. you both have so many great insights i really appreciate you both taking the time oh, to come and talk to me us. today yeah this is wonderful um listeners if you would like me to continue having parents on or if you would like to come on the show i would welcome that you can email me at askjenpsych at gmail.com or at the link in my bio on instagram uh, thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Ask Gen Psych. I look forward to sharing the next episode with you. If you have a topic that you would like to hear discussed, you may email it to me at askgenpsych at gmail.com or at the link in my bio. Please subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram for more information. Drop a review if you're feeling inspired. Have a great day. Thank you.